Well, good morning once again. It is good to meet together in this way. As strange as it is for these last couple of months to be able to, or to have to, um, meet this way, uh, it is good that we can do so and that we can gather together uh, at one time and we can gather in God's word and we can see what he would have us know and what he would have us do uh, during this time of uh, this particular pandemic and this particular crisis. And to that end, uh, as you know, we're taking a little break from our series on Matthew. We got up to Matthew chapter 12 and uh, we're just taking a little break from that now to look back into the Old Testament to look at uh, the example of a godly king, Hezekiah, who was facing a national crisis and then on top of that national crisis was facing a personal health crisis. And we saw in Isaiah 38, uh, as this um, account of Hezekiah's is recorded, that God prepares his people and provides for his people in crisis. And you can go back and listen to that uh, message on the website at any time. And, uh, and learn those five ways that God prepares his people and responds to his people in crisis. And then last week we switched uh, our view from how God is normally working in crisis towards how we feel in a crisis. And in Hezekiah's case, we found there are at least three feelings that godly people normally feel during a crisis. We feel fragile, anxious, and exhausted, and that's normal. That's how Joseph felt, that's how David felt, that's how Hezekiah felt, that's how Jeremiah felt, that's how Paul felt, uh, Peter, John, Jesus. These are the normal feelings of God's people that they experience in crisis, and those feelings should lead us to Jesus for our hope. And this week we're going to peek into the diary of King Hezekiah again, and we're going to see in his own words what this ancient godly king feared during his crisis. This is a man who had just saved his city from an army of 85,000 Assyrian soldiers. He had seen the power of God at work. And he had seen the power of God work directly and mightily in his life. And yet, as we read his journal, just this little snippet of his diary that he wrote uh, after going through this crisis, we get to see in his heart exactly what was going on. And he was not only overcome with feelings of fragility and anxiety and exhaustion, but he was also beset by at least three fears. There were three things that he lived in fear of during this time. And this is something that will be helpful for us to consider today as well. How are we meant to deal with the fear of death as Christians? This is what Hezekiah was facing. He was facing his death. Some of our frontline workers have had to face the reality of this potentially life-threatening illness overtaking them just in their performance of their everyday duties these last few months. Others in our church family have recently received very serious medical diagnosis, and others have suddenly lost loved ones, either from COVID or by other illness. So there's no avoiding the contemplation of death, and we know as Christians that death is something different for us. Certainly death has been defeated by Jesus, it's not the enemy it once was, and even Hezekiah knew that death wasn't final for him. But he expressed his fears about death. It's interesting, I'm reading a, a great book right now called A Brief History of Thought by Luc Ferry. I have it sitting here, and he's a French philosopher, and I think he's French. And, um, well, he's a philosopher at the University of Paris, and so maybe he's not French, but he's at the University of Paris. And uh, so um, he's written this book about philosophy, and it's basically a short guide to the philosophy of thought or the ideas of thought 
uh, down through the centuries. And he says that basically the engine behind philosophy is the fear of death or the confrontation of death, and that all philosophies are trying to find salvation. And uh, so it's interesting as he goes through different ways that Stoics and others uh, tried to come up with immortality within their philosophies. And uh, it's, a, it's a great read. But this is the reality of what we face is that we contemplate death, we know the reality of death, and we have to face the fears of death. And so as Christians then, knowing what Jesus has done and that he has victory over death, what do we fear? What should we fear? And, and what do we do with our fears in these crises that may lead to death? And so we're going to look again today uh, at Hezekiah's own words as he wrote them down after his crisis had passed and he reflected on um, how he felt and what he feared at the time. So let's look at Isaiah 38, 9 to 15. And before I do that, I'm just going to pray. Father God, uh, we're looking into your word again, and we know that it will not uh, accomplish its purpose without the work of your Holy Spirit. And so we pray that your word would be accompanied by your spirit uh, as it does its work in our heart. And we pray that this word would be penetrating to us, that it would be sharp, uh, that it would divide like a two-edged sword, and that it would show us truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's take a look here at Isaiah 38, 9 to 15. And again, it's the scribe of Isaiah writing, but he's writing the words of Hezekiah. A writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, after he had been sick and had recovered from his sickness. I said in the middle of my days, I must depart. I am consigned to the gates of Sheol for the rest of my years. I said, I shall not see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. I shall, not look, on, I shall look on man no more among the inhabitants of the world. My dwelling is plucked up and removed from me like a shepherd's tent, like a weaver I have rolled up my life. He cuts me off from the loom. From day to night you bring me to an end. I calmed myself until morning. Like a lion he breaks all my bones. From day to night you bring me to an end. Like a swallow or a crane I chirp. I moan like a dove. My eyes are weary with looking upward, O Lord. I am oppressed. Be my pledge of safety. What shall I say? For he has spoken to me, and he himself has done it. I walk slowly all my years because of the bitterness of my soul. So last week, as I said, we looked at the feelings in this text that Hezekiah um, felt. Um, and now we're going to go through the same text and we're going to pick out the fears. So Hezekiah not only had feelings, but he also faced fears about this crisis that he was in. And the first one that we can look at is that Hezekiah faced a, a fear of separation from life and loved ones. He says, I am consigned to the gates of Sheol for the rest of my years. I said, I shall not see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. I shall look on man no more among the inhabitants of the world. And I appreciate Colin Smith's insight into these verses. Hezekiah isn't afraid of not seeing the Lord at all. He says he won't see God in the land of the living. He knows he will see God, even if he dies, but he won't see God among the people of God, and he won't see his people. Psalm 63, 2, David says, So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory. And so David says, when I go to the temple, when I go among God's people, when I go up to the temple mount, I look upon God, I see God in the sanctuary, and among his people the power and the glory of God in the people of God and in the place of God. But Hezekiah says, I will look on man no more, and I'm not going to see the Lord in the land of the living. 
I'm not going to see God or the people together in the land of the living. And so the thought of leaving the community that he worshipped in and that being among the people that he loved caused a fear of separation in him. And we miss that today, right? We have this fear that this pandemic, this crisis, this health crisis particularly, or any individual crisis in our lives, brings with it the fear that we're going to be separated from loved ones or that loved ones are going to be separated from us. And we miss right now even the temporary connection that we have of being together. We're all isolated in our homes for the most part. We haven't been able to gather and worship together and to really see the Lord in the assembly of his people the way that we're used to seeing him. And so we long for that reuniting of the body of Christ because this crisis or this pandemic has created this separation. And so even among godly people, who have, as Hezekiah did, the hope of seeing God again after the crisis or even after his death, it didn't remove the fear of separation that death would cause. And this is a normal fear even among godly people, even among Christians. We fear death because of the separation that it will cause, either us from them or them from us. Like Hezekiah, or even if we want to go to the New Testament, we could go to the Apostle Paul. Paul had a friend who ministered with him in his ministry journeys, and his name was Epaphroditus. And Paul loved him, and he writes about Epaphroditus in his letter to the Philippian church. He says of him, he says, Indeed, he was ill near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I would have sorrow upon sorrow. You see what Paul's saying there? He's saying, I loved Epaphroditus. And God had mercy on him by making him well, but God also had mercy on me because if he didn't make him well, I would have had sorrow upon sorrow. Paul would have feared the loss of Epaphroditus. He would have mourned it. And so we know in our church family, even in the past couple of weeks, we know the anguish of sorrow upon sorrow when we are separated from loved ones. Sorrow upon sorrow. It's such a a telling phrase that it's not just sorrow but it's sorrow heaped on top of sorrow. There's the sorrow of the loss, and then there's the sorrow of the loss of the relationship. And we feel it even more keenly as we have to endure this in the midst of isolation from family and friends. Right now, as either illness or this crisis or this pandemic causes separation and causes permanent separation of death, we feel that even more keenly because we are also having to face it while we are additionally separated from family and friends. So it's normal to fear separation because it's a reflection of the value that we place on our relationships and the value we place on the people that we love. So first, Hezekiah's first fear was that he feared separation from those that he loved, and it's normal to fear that even as Christians. But secondly, we see another fear here if we just kind of dig into the text here a little bit in verse 10. He fears his own life being cut off. In verse 10, he says, In the middle of my days I must depart. And then in verse 12, Like a weaver I have rolled up my life. He cuts me off from the loom. From day to night you bring me to an end. And so first, you remember he said last week, his body is like a tent, it's a fragile thing. Now he says his life is like a fabric woven on a loom. Our whole life is like threads that God is weaving together. There's dark threads and there's light threads and there's uh, colorful threads and there's plain threads. But a time comes when in our life the weaver cuts the cloth off the loom 
says, he cut me off from the loom. That's what Hezekiah says. He says, my life is over. All of these threads of my life are no longer going to be woven together. I'm being cut off right in the middle of my days. Remember, Hezekiah is a king, and he's also about 39 years old at this point, maybe 40. I don't know exactly when his birthday was. Um, But he's 39 or 40 years old. This is middle life for him. And so much Hezekiah felt that he had left to do and to live for. In his family, his... He still didn't have an heir to take the throne of David after he was gone. Um, As a king, the Assyrians were still a threat to his nation. For God, the temple reforms were still not complete. So in his family, in his job as a king, in his reformation of the priesthood, Hezekiah felt like he's just being cut off in the middle of everything that he had planned for his life, even work that he wanted to do for God. And as believers, we have to recognize that we have to use the time that God has appointed for us fruitfully, because our time is not endless. Don't say, oh, I'll just do this and I'll just do that for me. And after I take care of some of these things for me, then later I will have time to do things for God. You may not have time to do things for God later. Jesus said to his disciples, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work in John 9, 4. And so Jesus says, do the work of God now while it's daytime, because when night comes, you will not be able to work again. It's too late after we die to work fruitfully for the kingdom of heaven. It's too late when we're in the next life to prepare for it. So Hezekiah here feared being separated from loved ones. He feared from being cut off and not being able to add to his life. Those are the first two things that Hezekiah feared when he contemplated his death, even as a godly man. And then the third thing that Hezekiah feared, and this is the most significant by far. Verse 13 says, I calmed myself until morning. Like a lion, he breaks all my bones. From day to night, you bring me to an end. And then verse 15, what shall I say? For he has spoken to me and he himself has done it. You see, the greatest fear of Hezekiah was that even God might be against him. And we feel that to some degree, even in this crisis that we face. Why is God striking our nations? Why is this affliction come over to the church? Is God angry with us? Or even more personally, in my own crisis, is God angry with me? Hezekiah fears that it is God himself who is breaking him. It is God himself who is afflicting him. Why would a godly king, why would a Christian have this fear? As we touched on last week, and we'll look at more next week. I think this is because that even a godly man, even a Christian knows that even at our best, we fall short of all that God has called us to be and do. We all have sins that we know God must deal with, that must be cast behind his back somehow, some way. And so Hezekiah knew this. Hezekiah knew that even though he was a godly king, he was far from a perfect king. And even as Christians, we know that we enter into seasons in our life where We have done things and do things that don't please God. And so we begin to fear and we begin to wonder when crisis hits. Is God against us? Is God punishing us in some way? And Hezekiah has this same fear of his own death that somehow even God is against him. We can look again at the Apostle Paul as he shares the experience of Hezekiah and we share in his. In 2 Corinthians 7.5, says, we touched on this last week when it relates to weariness. For even when he came, we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without and fear within. Paul says he couldn't find rest. He couldn't, he 
couldn't find peace. They were exhausted and weary. And he was, they were faced opposition, but he also felt fear. He felt fear at the time when he was working. Paul experienced the moments of defeat, just like we experience moments of defeat. He experienced moments of defeat in not yet being perfected in his flesh. He says in Romans 7:19, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. And then in verse 23, he says, I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind. So Paul knows the struggles of his flesh and that it's not an instant victory. But Paul also knows, as he says in Philippians 3.12, I am not already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. And so even though Paul faces various fears and Paul acknowledges that he is not perfect, he presses on because Christ Jesus has made him his own. And you may be feeling that today. So let's not be taken by surprise as Christians when these fears show up in our life, when we start to doubt or we start to wonder if even God is against us. Let's be prepared that it's normal for Christians to have these fears from time to time, especially in the midst of difficulty and crisis, especially facing death. God's people will experience fear and anxiety, and we will even begin to question our relationship to God and our standing before him. Hezekiah wondered if it was God who was breaking his bones each night. But this should not take us unprepared when we have these fears. We have in Hezekiah, we have in Paul, even we have in Jesus, as we looked at last week, the normal feelings and fears of godly people in the midst of crisis. So then what do we do if these are our feelings, if these are our fears in crisis? We follow the example of Hezekiah and Paul, as we would follow the example of any of God's faithful servants, and so many others. We follow their example, and we bring our fears to Jesus. But before we do that, I just want to notice here what Hezekiah didn't fear. Hezekiah didn't fear that God was indifferent or that God was absent. Hezekiah didn't fear that there was no hope for him in death. While there were fears about his death, Hezekiah did not ultimately fear the outcome of death itself. His fears were related to this life, not the next. He was worried about being separated from loved ones and them being separated from him. He was uh, concerned with his life being cut off and you know, seeming in the middle of his life, not being able to complete everything that he had planned and had in store and his vision for his life. He, he feared even that God might be against him and that he was being punished for something or that God was breaking him for some reason. But all of those fears did not cause him to despair in death itself. He knew that he would see God in the next life. So Hezekiah's confidence was that God wasn't indifferent, that God was active, and that God was there. And that's a confident that, confidence that only those who trust in God can have. As Job says during his suffering before God, he says, Though he slay me, I will hope in him, yet I will argue my ways to his face, in Job 13:15. The relationship between God and man, and I touched on this last week, is portrayed consistently throughout Scripture in this same way. He is God, and we can trust in Him. And yet, at the same time, we are able to be honest and argue our case to Him as well. We are able to have fears and feelings and bring our fears and our feelings to Him. That's how Job speaks. That's how Hezekiah speaks. It's how Jeremiah speaks. It's how Paul speaks. It's how all of God's servants speak in Scripture. And so with our trust in God, we, we don't have to ultimately fear death itself, but we might have our fears about death 
and our fears about death or our fears in death are no less real. So what do we do with our fears of death, even though we don't fear ultimately in death? Well, just like last week when we took our feelings and we brought them to Jesus, we take our fears and we allow our fears to lead us to Jesus as well. First of all, Jesus knew what it was like to leave loved ones behind. Remember, at the Passover supper, supper, he said to his disciples, I have earnestly longed to have this meal with you. Jesus loved his disciples, and he was facing separation from them. He hated the idea that he would be separated from them. And even from his mother, on the cross, he looked down upon his mother, and he committed the care of his mother into the careful hands of his servant, one of his disciples. And so... Jesus knows what it is to fear separation. He has been separated from the people that he loved, and ultimately on the cross, he was separated in some mysterious way that we don't understand, even from the Godhead. He was separated from the Father and the Spirit. And so Jesus knows what separation is about, and so we can take our fear of separation to Jesus. Only Jesus will never leave us or forsake us. Everything else we will eventually be separated from except Jesus. He's the only one that will never leave our side. Even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will be with you. Secondly, Jesus knew what it was like to be cut off in the middle of his life. In Isaiah 53:8, one of the messianic um, verses of Isaiah, when he's talking about the Messiah and he's talking about Jesus, Isaiah writes, he was cut off out of the land of the living. He was cut off. He was killed in the prime of his life, literally. In the middle of his days, Jesus had to depart. He was maybe 33, 34 years old, somewhere in there. But death could not hold Jesus in the grave. And now anyone who trusts in Jesus can have life in the same power, that same power of an endless life. Death will cut us off for a time from loved ones, and that's tragically hard, but death can no longer separate you from the love of God forever. And so even though our life might be cut off, although it might seem that the weaver is cutting us off the loom too soon when there's still threads that we would weave into the tapestry of our life, Jesus knows what it's like to be cut off in the middle of life too. But that does not mean that we're going to be cut off from God. As Christians, we face these fears and we bring these fears to Jesus, knowing that he will not leave us, he will not forsake us. We can be cut off from everything except him. And then finally, the fear that God may be against you should also lead you to Jesus. We all have these fears that God is against us, maybe even personally it's probably the worst fear that any of us could possibly have. Not probably, it is the worst fear that any of us could possibly have. We think, if God is against me, then what chance do I have? I have no chance. If anyone is still resisting the call of Jesus and the call of God and his claim on your life, why do you resist? If God is against you, you have no hope. He is God and you are not. But God is ready for you to be reconciled. When Jesus suffered and died, God was against him personally. He was cut off from knowing God. The sins of the world were put on Jesus. He says in his own words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so when we have this fear that God is against us, that somehow that we are not right with God, the ultimate question we have to ask is, How can I be made right with God? 
and you can be made right with God by knowing Jesus. Take this fear to Jesus. He knows what it is to feel the wrath of God and to fear and feel as if he was separated from God. God was against Jesus personally so that he would not be against Hezekiah personally, so that he would not be against David or Solomon or against Paul or against Peter or against you or against me. God is not against us because Jesus has experienced the reality of God being against him. And God is now for us in Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 31 to 32 says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? You see, the Bible is super clear on this point. We may fear that God is against us, is punishing us somehow, or that he has it in for us, and that's why we're suffering in this pandemic or this crisis. That's why our nation is under this curse or, or, or why we might personally be suffering. But when we read the scripture, we know that God is for us in Christ Jesus when we take this fear and we take this to Jesus. If we take our fear of God to Jesus, then God is for us, not against us in Jesus. So whatever we are feeling, whatever we are fearing, let those feelings and let those fears that this pandemic, that this crisis might be causing, lead you to Jesus. That is the purpose. God uses crisis in our life to draw us to him. Find in Jesus, find in our fragility and in our exhaustion and in our worry and in our fears, find in Jesus what we need to face these days. Jesus has seen all of them and done everything for us to overcome them. So we take these feelings and we take these fears and we bring them to Jesus. He is for us. He is not against us. All the love of God is summed up in Christ Jesus. He is for us and not against us. Let's pray. Father God, we just pray uh, for your words to us this morning. We pray that the scripture would be opened up to us, that we would recognize that there are normal feelings and normal fears for us as Christians, that uh, we are not um, removed entirely from fear, even the fear of death. We know, and we've heard the teaching before, how Jesus has overcome death, that it has no victory, it has no sting. The grave cannot hold us. We know these truths, Lord, and yet in our flesh we still fear. We fear separation. We fear being cut off. We fear that you may be against us. And so, Lord, as we consider this godly King Hezekiah and others like him, including the Apostle Paul, including even your son, Father, I just pray that we would take our feelings and we would take our fears and we would bring them to you and we would know that you are for us, you are not against us, and that you are for us in Christ Jesus specifically. It's because of what Christ has done on the cross that you can be for us. And so, Father, we give you thanks for that reality and we put our hope entirely and our trust entirely in Christ Jesus in this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.